As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Live, live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment here. We got to bring on our Facebook clan, get everybody in the room so we can get this party started. Lots going on. Goodness gracious. We were a little bit late getting started because. Right when we'd be gearing up to get started, news drops, two really hot stories that we had to hurry and cover. But welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we're going to get to all the schedule stuff. First things first, your story, the Denver Broncos have signed who – we expect to be the starting right tackle, and it wasn't Dennis yeah. Kelly. It was Bobby Massey. I'm going to pull up the article, but your gut reaction. Well, I we talked about this. I said this on Monday. I wanted Dennis Kelly. I mean, the Broncos worked out four or five tackles this week, but it came down to pretty much Bobby Massey versus Dennis Kelly. I wanted Kelly. I thought he'd be a no-brainer, slam-dunk kind of signing, road grader type 16-game starter from the Titans last year. But I had a sneaking suspicion they would go after Bobby Massey just because it seems like that Denver-Chicago pipeline is running strong, Chad. They've imported coaches, players. I mean, it's just a a commonality now in the Mile High City. So that's why Bobby Massey is here. He has familiarity. I'm sure Vic Fangio went to bat for him. George Payton saw him twice a year in Minnesota. He's a 110-game starter. He's a lot like DeMar Dotson last year, very experienced, um, plug-and-play kind of guy, but not really a three-, five-, ten-year starter. This is a pure Band-Aid, a holdover-type signing for the Broncos to get to 2022 and either have someone like a Himmelman, Calvin Anderson, Quinn Bailey, or they draft their guy for the long term. For now, though, up to $4 million with playtime incentives, Chad. That's not terrible, especially when Charles Leno – got more than that from Washington today. So it could be worse, I think, at this stage of the offseason, losing Juwan James and not getting the guy that we both wanted in Dennis Kelly. But for $4 million bucks, a one-year flyer, it's another shrew-type move from George Payton. Yeah, it surprises me that all he could garner was $4 million, you know, because of his experience and relative age. I mean, he's only 31. Now, I say only. He's over the 30, 30-year-old 30 hill, so to speak, but – the way tackles, the way the NFL is trending, players are, you know, advancing in in terms of um, cutting edge 
sports medicine, et cetera, players are being allowed to go longer into their careers, not only into their mid thirties. I mean, it used to be Zach that in the league, unless you were a quarterback, the cliff was 30 and it was a hard cliff, man. And it, it was unflinching for any and all comers didn't matter the position, but last five, 10 years or so, we've seen that stretch from 30 to really 33, 35 is when the cutoff starts depending on the position at that point, you can start getting a little bit, uh, you know, qualifying it, but guys are playing late into their careers. And so for Bobby Massey, I think this might be, I mean, you're right about the the pipeline, the Chicago to Denver, but I think this might be more of an audition because he is young enough to perhaps garner a little bit more of a, a longer deal. If he can hold up and play well and solve this, because look, the Broncos, I think it's Donald Stevenson has the most starts at right tackle over the last half decade for the Denver Broncos with 17, or at least since Super Bowl 50. Not great company to keep, Chad. Not exactly rarefied air with Donald Stevenson and the, and the, the tragedies the Broncos have had at right tackle. But he's 31 now. He's going to be 32, I believe, in December so it's his age 32 season. This, again, reminds me a lot of the DeMar Dotson signing. It seems like the Broncos, they have their eggs in Juwan James' basket. It didn't work out last year. It didn't work out this year. And all they want to do is get by with this veteran, this plug-and-play option until next offseason when hopefully they invest some premium capital because I think George Payton learned this offseason you cannot keep ignoring right tackle. You have to invest in it. It's a must. It's the only flaw so far in the Payton regime. I want to take a look here. Let's see if this was the right one. Hold on. Yep, it is. All right. So here's a quick look at the analytics on Bobby Massey. And guys, remember what we tell you about pro football focus. They can, you know, their actual premium stats can be very helpful and insightful because it doesn't, there's no, um, takes bias completely out because, you know, as they say, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Right. And the same applies to grading somebody from a very um, it's a subjective perspective. You don't know the full scope. Like when we had Graham Glasgow on the show, shout out to John a couple weeks back. He explained like, you know, they do an OK job, but they don't know exactly what each guy's responsibility is on a given play. And that's especially hard to deduce, Zach, on the offensive line. You can you can try, but it's very uh, the, the edges are quite blurred. So. Take something, you know, somewhat these grades with a grain of salt, but uh, overall his cumulative grade was 72.6, and that's good. That's a good grade relative to how PFF, you know, ranks these things. Pass blocking grade is where he really shined. Run blocker, not his forte exactly, but you can kind of see over the course of his career, 2012, 2013, in the 60s, in the low to mid-60s, not so good. Then he starts to kind of build up steam in 14 and 15 in the low 70s, then dips back down 17, 16, and then 18, another solid season, 2019, not so hot last year. So he's kind of up and down relative to the way PFF grades. Now, Zach, I can pull up some of his premium stats and see exactly how many pressures he allowed, how many sacks, things like that. We can actually get into the stats that matter, the PFF, those are the valuable things. But what this shows me is that he's a more than he's a competent left tackle with, or a right tackle with plenty of NFL experience, and he's probably going to get the job done. Is he going to be a transcendent All Pro? That's not what he is, but he can hold the fort, similarly to how Demar Dotson did last year. 
Exactly. There's a lot of parallels between Massey and DeMar Dotson. And all I want to add to your point, which was very well made, is that not a lot of teams can lose a $51 million player, a starter, in May and sign a guy who's average off the street for one year, $4 bucks. So again, I mean, it's not the best case scenario, but it's far from the worst case scenario either. And Bobby Massey, he's not Elijah Wilkinson in a good way. You know, he's not Donald Stevenson. He's not Menelik Watson. He's not these tragedies the Broncos have trotted out over the years at right tackle. He should get the job done, um, and I hope that he is far and away not the weakest link on the Broncos' OL this year. And uh... – this has happened since last we were able to talk to you guys, but this isn't the only right tackle the Broncos signed this week. They uh, kind of teased this one by first signing Ryan Pope, who is only a couple years removed from being an undrafted free agent. He's bounced around the league a little bit. Raw, very tall. I think, is he 6'9", I want to say? I'll double-check that. But seven. He's, he, he's a – yeah, 6'7". Yep. He's a guy that can step in and really kind of compete with – you know, the Broncos are going to find out what they have in Calvin Anderson relative to, you know, can you be a competent, reliable swing tackle? And Pope's going to step in and compete and really kind of they'll, – they'll probably either carry four or decide between those two because Dalton Reisner can play tackle as well. But Bobby Massey, I'm just looking real quick. The one thing that concerned me about last year, I'm going to have to look into this, is that he only started eight games. That's why, as you can yep. see in his stats here, offensive snaps played. 470. Most of the guys, if you played 16 games last year at an offensive line position, you were in the thousands. You were probably somewhere between 1,000 to 1,100 snaps played. So this is, you know, take this basically as half season. If you would have played half or the full season, you know, he probably would have had two penalties and he probably would have allowed six sacks, something like that, Zach. It wouldn't be a Broncos signing if he wasn't injured, if he didn't have an injury history. The Broncos love these type of players. And one more point about Ryan Pope, similar to how the Broncos signed Mike Boone, not to push Melvin Gordon, but to push Freeman. I believe Pope was signed not to start a tackle, but to push either Himmelman or Calvin Anderson or Quinn Bailey as the swing tackle, the backup tackle. Pope's not to start. Pope's a camp body, a warm body, fresh blood, whatever. Bobby Massey right now is the presumed starter, and it would take him either getting hurt, God forbid, or falling on his face for someone like Calvin Anderson to see time this year at right tackle. The injuries are a concern, Chad. I mean, we hope he stays healthy, but, you know, DeMar Dawson was coming off kind of an injury, a little bit of an injury jacket as well, and he stayed healthy last year. So we have to just keep our fingers crossed, I guess. So real quick, and then we'll turn the page here. Um, last year, <clears throat> excuse me, last year, if you look at his game-by-game uh, pressures allowed metrics, t- three total sacks allowed, three hits and I'm sure those those <clears throat> hits were the sacks themselves. And then he gave up 10 hurries, which, you know, is not terrible. It's not terrible. So, I mean, I think the main takeaway for fans here, and if we look real quick at his, his career grades, so his last 16 games, that was 2018. And he allowed 22, 25 total pressures, two hits, and only one sack. So that's encouraging back during his – I guess, age 30 season because he's entering his age 32. So, you know, hey, you got depth. Honestly, I'll take him over Juwan James because I don't got to worry about where this dude's heart and head are. I don't have to uh, worry. I mean, it's a little bit of an injury jacket, as you said, but nothing nearly as severe and concerning as Juwan James. I mean, Juwan James has played zero snaps in two years. If Massey plays one snap, he's an improvement. That's the way I look at it. All right, guys, we're going to get to the schedule, but first – 
A couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, and on Facebook, Facebook slash MileHighHuddlePod. If you're following those two things, you won't miss anything relative to our giveaways, our scheduling announcements, things like that. Also, the main account on Twitter, make sure you're following that, at MileHighHuddle. Our producer, Buona Beast on Twitter, at John K M H H. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL on Twitter, and myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Check out Becoming a Supporter. That's another way that you can help us here at MHH keep the lights on, keep this content coming to you on the regular every single day, seven days a week. You know you've got a live stream podcast breaking down whatever's going on in Bronco land. All right, even in the depths of the of a pandemic, we're going to show up seven days a week. Even in the dog days of the NFL summer when there's we're sitting here in June and there's not a dat gum thing going on, we're going to be here to help keep those lights on. You can become a supporter over on Facebook. It's $4.99 a month. That gives you access to our premium video content that we've rolled out in the first quarter of this year, which includes Kelberman's Corner every Sunday at noon and the Trickle Zone every Saturday at noon Mountain Time. Easy to find. Go to our page. You'll see the big blue button. Click that. Become a supporter. Or even right now, if you're watching from Facebook, scroll down to where you'd put in your chat, your comment in the chat. You'll see a little green icon. Click that. Same process. All right. Also, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat. Get a T-shirt. Get a mug, a face mask, a little something for everybody. Or this jewel that you see Zach Kelberman rocking right now, the State of Being hoodie, which was has been one of our bestsellers on the site. Uh, and then, guys, if you're not able to do those things, it's all good. By being here, you are supporting us. We appreciate you. Please make sure you're subscribed and like this video if you're on YouTube or Facebook. Why? That's the way to help us get this content in front of other Broncos fans. Believe it or not, sharing's the best method in all actuality, but not everyone wants to share stuff on their personal Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Fine, that's cool. So just leave a like because what that does is help us in the uh, battle against the algo bots, okay, and getting this content in front of other Broncos fans like you that are wandering the desert. They're not aware that there's a community out there of hardcore, dedicated, passionate fans waiting to embrace them. That's how you can help us out. But, you know, the litmus test, if you respect what we're doing here, the effort, appreciate our our contributions to Bronco Cannon, share this video out there, and it will help us continue to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
All right, Zach, let's take a look here. Let me pull this up. Let's take a look at the sketch. I'm going to blow it up as big as I can here, and then we can go through it. Um, the Denver Broncos, for what it's worth, guys, in case you missed it, their streak, which is a record currently in the NFL, of appearing on Monday Night Football, 29 seasons consecutive. That came to an end. There is no Monday night game. And honestly, Zach, some Broncos fans are kind of taking that on the chin as some kind of grievous insult and just another part and parcel of just how bad the depredations have gotten post-Super Bowl 50. But honestly, I view it a little bit as a blessing in disguise, because especially for for you and I, because there's nothing worse. And even as fans, there's nothing worse than pining and waiting and just you can't wait for the season opener and you got to catch your team on the late game on a doubleheader on Monday night, the last day of the, of the first week. At least that's Zach, not something fans have to worry about. We'll go through this in detail, but that was the first thing that came to my mind when I realized no Monday nights. Yeah, same. I mean, we were podcasting super, super late the last couple of years with that second of the Monday night football doubleheaders. I'm going to be, I think, a little boring tonight because this doesn't affect me too much, the schedule. We knew the Broncos opponents. We knew who they're going to play this year. It was just a matter of putting them in the order. And to anyone surprised about the lack of primetime games, did you watch the Broncos last year? Have you watched the Broncos since 2016? The relevant teams, the winning teams, the popular teams get the primetime games, and the Broncos are neither of those right now. This is a good thing. They want to fly underneath the radar. They don't want any of the national attention, Chad. This schedule is like the the figurative representation of let them hate. This is another you know extension of that. Let them have no primetime games. Let them play at uh, you know eleven a.m. Mountain Time on Sunday afternoon. It's going to make them a better team. And and things can always change. They can be flexing the games. I mean, I don't really care too much about the schedule. I really don't. We all knew what was going to be, and uh, just except for maybe finding out the. The week one opponent, which is the Pat Shermer revenge game, it doesn't really do much for me. The schedule every year. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But it's fun. I mean, really, because we know we've known for a couple of months who the opponents are going to be and all we've lacked is the order, where it really comes into play here is just kind of understanding the tactical pros and cons of how things are scheduled, right? So out of the gates, the Broncos were dealt a pretty crappy hand by the NFL because if it's not a doubleheader, second game in a doubleheader on Monday night, their NFL is going, no, we're going to go ahead and schedule you in, on the road in back-to-back weeks. Oh, and guess what? They're both East Coast games. Now, the only silver lining here, opening against the New York Giants in week one, and then following that the next week against the Jaguars in Jacksonville, is that the first game, for some reason, I'm not sure, I think it might have to do with the Yankees game. I, I can't remember why. I read about it earlier, but... It's at 225 Mountain Time, which is the traditional kickoff time if a Bronco if the Broncos are home. So, Zach, this is from a circadian rhythm perspective or your internal clock. One of the things that has always been a struggle for any West Coast team traveling on a road game to the East Coast on an, is, is the early slate, right? The East Coast games get the 11 a.m. Mountain Time start. And that's just, you know, it throws after you the jet lag of making the, the trip and all that stuff, the travel component. Then you got to get up and your body's used to go time being middle of the afternoon. Now you got to get up and go, you know, be ready to go at 11. That includes warm ups and all that stuff. And in this case, Zach, it's a 225 start in week one. It's excuses to me, though. I, I always hated that. You know, that they're playing an early game on Sunday afternoon. They have to travel, they have to get up early. This is their job. 
I mean, Chad, I'm never rolling out of bed at, you know, six o'clock mountain time for our podcast. I'm never complaining about being tired or being groggy. It's my job. And they have to show up and they have to do their jobs and execute, whether they play it Monday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, regardless. So that's why I think, again, I'm going to be a little boring on this podcast. It doesn't really do anything for me. I mean, they, they have the games, they have the times, they have the dates. Go out there and beat your opponent. It's really, to me, as simple as that. All right, I just realized I had stopped the share screen function accidentally. Bear with me. Let me get this back up here. All right, how's that look? Let me see what that looks like on screen. All right, that's the best we can do for now on, in terms of size. Um, Michaela jumping in to say, I say our schedule is mid-tier. Yeah, I, I want to say, Zach, it's 26th strength of schedule in terms of how difficult the, the opponents are. So there's two ways to view this from a difficulty perspective, Zach. There's the strength of schedule, so the cumulative you know, winning percentage these teams represented from last year. And then there's just also the actual order in which these games are laid out. East Coast, back-to-back, how many, how many times do you go on the road twice in a row? Are they East Coast? One's a East Coast, one's a West Coast. Are they both West Coast? You know, there's different things where you can look at it and, and see either mercies and blessings or, you know, uh, curses this is something as an example zach that for guys like us we don't lose too much sleep over the way a schedule is ordered but a guy like peyton manning he's staying up he's fit he's seeing all the different pros and cons like a beautiful mind right digits whatnot on the schedule and those are those are some of the considerations that i know the team the players they do think about i will say the one thing that i do notice is the bye week and I really don't like the Week 11 bye for the Broncos. I think it's really late into the season. I much prefer 7 or 8 or 9, somewhere in the middle. But now it's, I guess, it's 18 weeks. It's a little more in the middle. But other than that, though, I think it's a fairly easy schedule, at least compared last couple seasons. They've had uh, top three or four strength of schedule rankings. So this should be a fortuitous docket for Denver if, and a big if, they capitalize. We got a super chat from Mr. Westside who has really come on strong the last week or so. We appreciate you. Make sure you're connected with us on Twitter. And if your Twitter handle is different than your YouTube handle, make sure you do one of these in our mentions so that we can connect those dots and know who you are. But we appreciate you, my friend. He says, if you look at the schedule, that's easily a 3-0 and start in a 12-5 and season or a 13-4 and season if we're lucky. But do you think Locke, Drew Locke, will have a breakout year? That's a million dollar question. Uh, you know, as, as as far as coming up with a bold prediction, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out on that limb. But what I'm gonna tell you is, I think you're gonna see an improved Drew Lock this year. And I do, as I you guys have heard me say this a few times, uh, just since the off season started. But I've only doubled down on it with the arrival of Teddy Bridgewater. I think you're gonna see a much improved Drew Lock. Now, is it gonna be transcendent, Zach? As Westside says, breakout. I'm not going to go that far, but I think you're going to see a quarterback who is much more competent playing within his him, himself. That means knowing his limitations and also understanding where his weaknesses are, where he needs to improve and kind of play around that. I think you're going to see a better version of Drew Locke. I do think he's going to beat Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy gave an interview. Well, I want to talk about this a little bit later in the show, more in depth, but Teddy gave an interview with to the fan. Forgive me. I want, I can't remember which show. I think it might've been uh, Stokely and Zach, but uh, where he said, you know, he was asked about the coming competition with Drew Locke. And he said, you know, I was brought here to push Drew. Kind of a Freudian slip, right? I mean, if you were brought in to be the man or plausibly push, compete to be the man, 
no one in the in the recruiting department, George Payton, Vic Fangio, when they're having those conversations with you, they're not saying, hey, we really need you to come in here, be that leader, and kind of push Drew. We need you to really help us bring out the best in Drew. That's what a backup does, right? That's what a stopgap, fail-safe type backup does. And that sounds like what he was told. <laughs> no, I, to the anti-lockers, it's literally pushing Locke out of the way to take the starting job. <laughs> In terms of a breakout, though, I think that subjective person by person, a breakout for those same anti-lockers could be Locke throwing three touchdowns in a game or winning two games in a row. It very well could be where he has a 4,000-yard season. Very well could be where he's benched midway through the season for Teddy Bridgewater. I'm with Chad, though. I happen to think he will bounce back to some extent this year. And the strength of the Broncos' defense, the strength of the Broncos running game and the strength of the Broncos schedule now should be enough to make them more relevant. I think close to, if not a playoff team in 2021. I mean, neither of us have a crystal ball. All right. We're football priests. We're not wizards. We're not sorcerers. All right. There is a difference. Uh, This is just what our gut is telling us now. And until there's further information to inform our intuition, our gut, that's our position on Drew. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Crudum, what's up? Chris, in the house. Appreciate you, bro. He says, if we end up with Aaron Rodgers, how many primetime games do you guys believe we get flexed to? Also, shout out to Buona Beast, getting super excited. We are one step closer to seeing some action. Denver Broncos for life. So uh, that's something I wrote about today, Zach. In fact, I brought that up uh, when it was announced the Broncos were not going to appear on Monday Night Football for the first time in three decades. Is that, well, we'll see if that changes at all, you know, basically if, if Aaron Rodgers ends up donning the orange and blue. Yeah, I, I again, I, I really don't care. One way or the other, primetime games, no primetime games, flex games. It's Broncos football to me, and I'll cover it whether it's 8 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock at night. Dave from Georgia in the house. What's up, bro? One of our great superstars. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, I find myself hopeful that barring another injury, 
uh, catastrophe, boneheaded coaching decisions. We'll win 10 games with a shot at 12. Playoff bound, hashtag let them hate, and Broncos country. Yeah, I mean, that's why when we say, oh, it looks good on paper, it's not just a matter of, you know, if it all comes together, it looks good on paper, but we'll see if it comes together. It's also a little bit of luck from the injury bug. And those typically, I mean, injuries just aren't something you can predict. They're not something that you can really forecast in any meaningful or accurate way, but it is a big part of the game. We know there will be injuries. It's football. I mean, it's a very violent uh, sport. I mean, a lot of uh, collisions. We know what happens. A lot of quick twitch, explosiveness. And this, it's, it's rife with injuries. But if the Broncos can get, Zach, just a little bit of luck from the injury bug, find a vaccine for that, right? Inoculate themselves against the bite of the injury bug. Hey, man, this is a team that could be really dangerous. And that's whether it's Drew or Teddy, but especially if it's Drew. Not off to a good start, though, huh, with Juwan James? I I was going to say, though, same point that you made. I mean, there's three variables at play uh, that will impact the Broncos' season this year. It's injuries, it's coaching, and it's quarterback play. And among those three, injuries is not in their control. Quarterback play is, coaching is. If they get good injury luck and this roster stays intact, they have the talent they can overcome average quarterback play. They can overcome average coaching. But if they get good in both areas, this is, again, we've been saying this, maybe a 10, 11, 12 win team. The roster is that good and that deep. Uh, John, FYI, the stream just jumped for me. Gary, what's up, dude? Thank you for the stars, my friend. We love you. Appreciate you. Uh, Ran 99 at 640 is the next one I have. And so in between are quite a uh, cavalcade of superstars from Andy to Boggins to Muhammad to Seth to Sam, Christian, Call of Duty, Doug, and then that bring that would bring me current, just FYI. So let's start with Andy, and, and then we'll go back to uh, the schedule and, and continue to kind of break this down. Appreciate you, Andy. You've really been just a stud the last month. So keep it up, dude. You're, you're definitely a superstar now, and uh, – we're going to have to send you out a mug or something here in the very near future as a small token of our appreciation for your support. He says, uh, cautiously optimistic about this schedule. Easier first few games to build confidence could do wonders in the long run. Thinking 10 and 7 or better could be attainable. Hashtag one day closer to football. Appreciate you, Andy. And Zach, that kind of echoes basically Doug's outlook. 10 wins in a 17-game schedule. It is still kind of weird looking at this. 17 games, 18 weeks. Yeah, It kind of tricks the brain a little bit, but nevertheless, your thoughts? Well, nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. Any given Sunday applies. But the Broncos aren't good enough where we can write off teams as easy wins, as, you know, tune-up type games. There's no guarantee they're going to beat the Giants in week one. There's no guarantee they're going to beat the Jags in week two. Uh, there's no guarantee they're going to beat the Jets in week three. You know, it, it's it, it's going to be a game-by-game basis. The Broncos have as much to prove as any team in the NFL, good or bad. They don't have the luxury or get the benefit of doubt from how they played last year. I would think they would have a leg up on the Giants, even though that game right now, betting-wise, is a pick em, so it, it breaks even. I would believe they can beat the Jaguars, but based on what we saw last year, based on what we saw in the finale from the coaching, and yes, last year from the quarterback play, nothing is handed to Denver. They have to prove they are good enough to vanquish these teams. Nothing is uh, assumed, though. All right, let's march through here. So opening the season, back-to-back road games, and then you get two games at home, 
one against the Jets, and that could be similarly to the Broncos, depending on how the football gods allow blessings to be metered out. Um, Jets could be a dark horse if you believe that Robert Sala is, you know, the truth. If you believe Zach Wilson is the truth, they're not. Uh, you know, this is one of the reasons why in the in the last three four years, Jets are a good example. Even during the Sam Darnold days, you know, Broncos fans would look at the schedule and go, "Oh, that's a win." Circle that one. And one of them was an embarrassing loss in 2018. Might have been 19. Either way. Actually, I think it was the last, one of the, the last stand of, of VJ. I think it was 18. But either way. And then, of course, last year, which didn't get off to – it got off to a very ignominious start with Sam Darnold's 47-yard run for a touchdown in which he juked one of the – now the highest-paid safety in the league and one of the most respected safeties in the league in, in Kareem Jackson all the way to pay dirt. You can't sleep on any of these opponents, and that's why strength of schedule, it's something to monitor as a metric that can kind of help predict what how difficult this schedule is going to be. But still, don't write these teams off. The Jets, the, the Ravens, they're always going to be tough, whether in Denver or Baltimore. And then, Zach, we get to the next little quarter, which is uh, at home against the Las Vegas Raiders, and then a home again. So you get – well, actually, no, hold on. Let me, let me look at that so it's not small. So – Excuse me. So Jets, Ravens, then you get to week five. It's a road trip to take on the Steelers. All right. That's a 1 a.m. start. Uh, 1 a.m. 1 p.m. start, 11 a.m. for Bronco time, right? And then you get to home for the Raiders at the Browns on Thursday night football and then home for the Washington football team. You know, I was looking at this, and if the Broncos want to compete, I'm not saying they should beat these teams or they're easier games, but they can't afford to go more than 2-2 two and two in the first quarter. Because look at the next four teams, Chad. You have the Steelers. The, the Raiders are always a divisional game. You have the – I think that's the Browns. Yep. And you have Washington. I was going to say the R word. You have the Cowboys. I mean, these are really not easy opponents. So if the Broncos want to compete this year, they have to go no worse than 2-2 two and two in those first four games. And honestly, I mean, you got the Ravens in that first slate. I mean, the Ravens are the only team in that first quarter of the season that had a winning record last year. But it's going to be fun, Zach, because if Drew does indeed do what we expect him to do and he wins the competition against Teddy, you know, this is assuming Aaron Rodgers doesn't get dealt to Denver. But if that's how it shakes out, you're going to get to see Drew uh, face off against a fellow 2019 QB in Daniel Jones, who was the last Q drafted in the first round that year. Or no, sorry, Dwayne Haskins was the last one in that year. And then he goes against Trevor Lawrence. Then he goes against Zach Wilson. Then he goes against Lamar. And then, you know, a veteran, an older established veteran in uh, Ben Roethlisberger to open up that second quarter of the season. And again, Broncos fans, another team, Zach, the Raiders. Oh, you know, hey, we'll split with them. (laughs) Raiders dominated the Broncos for the most part last year. the, The season finale game, it was competitive. They ended up coming out on top and sweeping the Broncos this time. But the Raiders are going to be a playoff caliber matchup, and they're going to have to brought the Broncos bring their A game. Yeah, I mean, any divisional game is going to be tough. The Chargers split with the Broncos last year, and like you mentioned, they got swept by the Chiefs and the Raiders. And you, you get beyond the second quarter, it, it eases up a little bit in the second half, the Eagles, the bye week, the Bengals, the Lions. But that first half of the schedule, Chad, they have to really get out to a good start. They can't afford to find themselves. They can't afford to take weeks off at a time. They have to put up winning football from the outset. And honestly, Zach, there's no excuse for needing time to find yourself. This is the third year for Fangio and the culture and the system. 
And this is the second year for Pat Shermer. So, you know, the first two seasons, look, Fangio, bad in the first slate of games. The first quarter of the season, the Broncos are 1-7 and seven under Vic Fangio. One single solitary victory in the first four games, two years. Now, this time there's reason to be a little bit more optimistic in this because, look, fan, there's nothing new. Last year the excuse – the first year it was, hey, Fangio's new. He's figuring things out. You know, Flacco, blah, blah, blah. Year two it was, well, hey, you know, we got a new OC, and then our quarterback got hurt, right? You know, there's excuse, excuse, excuse from a coaching perspective, from an expectation perspective. This year, Zach, you got the same OC, year three of the defense, year three of the culture, year three of the head coach philosophy. You got a minimum go 500 in that first quarter. And, hey, if he doesn't, Vic Fangio, like if he opens up another 0-4 start, 1-3 and start – I mean, it's cruising for a near guarantee firing somewhere yeah. in the either at the end of the third quarter of the season or the beginning of the fourth quarter. I, I drew lock aside. You look at the talent they've acquired. You look at the coaching staff. There is no reason they should lose to a team with a rookie quarterback like the Jaguars, like the Jets. There's no reason they should lose to a Daniel Jones led Giants team who I believe still has Jason Garrett as their OC chat. So, yeah. I mean, there, there's just no business losing to those teams. That being said, though, we can't just assume they're going to beat them either. We have to see from week one, from that game at MetLife, Chad, at 225 Mountain Time on Sunday, whatever date that is, we have to see the Broncos come out and assert themselves, and we will know what kind of season we're going to get. Because like you mentioned, there's no time to find yourself. It's put up or shut up from everyone from Vic Fangio to Drew Locke on down, and it has to start from the opening snap of week one. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
your body. And the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Well said. Here's a very apropos um, super from Boggins. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, this schedule has the potential to push Drew over the mediocre QB play mark, especially the first three games. It's a great, young, growing QB schedule, and I concur with that. I really do. Like, even if it was – even if the the narrative on Drew was one of optimism, right, on the local and national scale, he's still a young quarterback finding his way. That's a very favorable first slate of games uh, for a young quarterback, whether he had a big year two or a mediocre or even disappointing year two. That first slate of games does shape up well for Drew and the offense. Just getting the excuses baked in already, though. So if they come out to a hot start, no, it wasn't Locke. It was the schedule. It was too easy. Let's see what he does in the second half of the season. Uh, The thing I worry about, though, if Locke does start, the Giants' defense was stingy last year. It doesn't get a lot of play or or publicity, but they weren't that terrible. And that could be a game where it's a defensive struggle with if, if Locke struggles between Locke and Daniel Jones. But Jaguars' defense trash as far as I'm concerned. Jets defense, Salah needs some time to implement his scheme. They'll be good by the end of the year, but by week three, trash. So I I concur with the point. This should be a good confidence booster. If they can get past week one, maybe go 2-0, 3-0. That would be a nice start. And because as we elucidated here, if you look at that first slate, you know the Broncos get a young cue in Daniel Jones, another rookie in year two. Another rookie or week two, another rook, uh, rookie in week three. And then you get an actual veteran, still a young guy, but a veteran in Lamar that's going to be a handful for any defense this year. So three of those first four games also favorable for Fangio's defense, Zach. So that's some that's another silver lining here for the Denver Broncos. Let's grab real quick. Muhammad, what's up, dude? MHH Mel Model in the house. Been a minute. We, we've missed you, Muhammad. Hope you're doing well, my doc. We still love your, your uh, profile pick. All time number one, he says in his uh, super sticker. How's it going? It's going good, dude. We're living the dream. We hope you're doing well as well, my friend. Yep. Good to see you, Mo. Good to see you. Uh, John, while you get the next one queued up, I'm going to grab Ren here. Good to see you as well, Ren. Been a minute, as in your case, in the same way. He says, as long as Locke or whoever our starting QB is, plays decently, well, I can see us potentially hitting double-digit wins this year. Hashtag go Broncos. Zach, this actually surprises me a little bit because last year there was the lock 4-1 and one finish optimism, right? Everyone was riding high. This is going to be our year. We're pulling out of this losing stuff, and Drew's going to be the, the truth. And, you know, year two of Fangio, you get Chubb back. It's going to be a gas. Understandably, Broncos fans were very bullish when the schedule came out. I wasn't expecting to see quite this much optimism, even with a 26 or so bottom five strength of schedule. I wasn't really expecting to see this. So I'm encouraged. Well, I mean, I think the reputation that Fangio has among Broncos fans is he's a defensive genius. And I really wouldn't go that far after watching the finale and watching some other games from last year. I think he's a good defensive coach. And if he can clean up his clock issues, his timeout issues, they can, he can be a good coaching head coach for the Broncos. But 
take away quarterback, where is there a hole on this Broncos team, Chad? Seriously. I mean, every single position, even right tackle now, they have a 110-game starter after losing Juwan James. Every hole is solid. Every position is solid. There's stars, young talent, pro bowlers, all pro. Even with average play at quarterback, this is still, I think, a 10-win team. Agreed. And that's why, like, look, if we're wrong on Drew and he doesn't take that big step forward, this is a team that an experienced veteran like Teddy Bridgewater can come in and play close to the vest, you know, play smart, keep away football, let the running game dictate, and that defense, let that be the tip of the spear, and you can win double-digit games as a ceiling. You're not going to go deep in terms of winning at all, uh, but you can compete and you cannot be a doormat in 2021 if, in a worst-case scenario, Teddy Bridgewater ends up being your cue. Uh, Sam BBM on Super Chat, a newer name on Super Chat. So welcome, Sam. Thank you, my friend. Connect on Twitter. He says, can't wait for all the Drew Lock haters to eat their much-deserved crow. 11-6 and six and a playoff spot. Go Broncos. Let them hate. No crow for you, Chad and Zach. <laughs> Super Nazi Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that's another one, Zach. Another 10-win prediction. I, I could definitely see. It's still weird, though. 11 and 6, you know, 10 and 6. I can't get used to that at all. But again, there's no holes on this Broncos team. Take away quarterback. It's a solid stacked roster. They have a coaching staff that's coaching for their lives. They have a defensive minded coach who has his defense humming right now. They have, uh, you know, hope, I guess you can call it optimism that Pat Shermer will do what he was hired to do last year with Drew Locke. And if they, again, again, just average play surface level treading water type play this could be a team that makes some noise quickly this season guys to give you perspective and by the way seth thank you for the super sticker the hype hippo love it dude he's hyped up he's ready to go he's on drugs appreciate, appreciate yeah it looks like it maybe he's in like rolling or something but dude thank you so much seth you're the man we really yes. appreciate your consistency and support of what we're doing here my friend it all makes a difference yes thank you seth but, guys, to help you understand, um, real quick here also, Zeus McPeak in the his. Appreciate your generosity, as always. Let's do it together. Ready? One, two, three. Zeus! You the man. Love you, bro. Hope everyone's doing good uh, in your neck of the woods. Appreciate you. Thank you. Um, Zach, so what I was going to say is, you know, if you're trying to juxtapose strength of schedule last couple of years versus what the Broncos are facing this year, last year they were second hardest strength of schedule as a team that won what was it six and 10 or five and 11. I can't remember in 2019, either way, a sub 10 win team, they ended up getting the second hardest strength of schedule the year prior. I don't remember exactly, but I want to say it was top five this year. You're getting bottom five that all sets up. Well, provided this isn't one of those crazy off-kilter parody years where there aren't just multiple worst-to-first type stories in the league. Uh, So we'll see. You mentioned the P word, parody, and things can change. You know, things are going to look different on June 12th, on July 12th, on August 12th, September, and so on. That's why I'm not big on giving schedule predictions when the schedule comes out. Give me a little time to see what these teams look like a few months from now as the season draws closer, as injuries pile up, as trades happen, roster moves happen. Strength of schedule is one thing, Chad, but if they go out and handle their business, if this Denver team plays to their potential, they can beat most teams, if not all teams, in the NFL. That's the truth. Call of Judy, what's up, bro? Appreciate you. Appreciate you. 
He says, wish we had a Sunday night game. Yep, that's another kind of dagger in terms of the pride factor here. You might. You could. There's no guarantee. It could be flexed. That's what I'm saying. Just wait on it. Give it a little time to breathe. But yeah, no no scheduled Sunday night. Your only primetime game is a Thursday night throwdown at the Cleveland Browns. And that could be a tasty matchup because the Browns were a playoff team last year and they're young, still growing. You know, they the best case scenario for the Broncos this year is kind of the 2020 Browns, right? Where no one was really expecting much from them, but they end up surprising some people because quarterback turned a corner. Baker Mayfield turned a corner, and that's what you need to see. Like, you can have the most stacked defense. You can have depth at every position on offense. But if your quarterback isn't bare minimum league average, it's tough to win. It's tough to win. What was the other factor, though? Go on. Pandemic year last year, it was a rookie coach replacing Freddie Kitchens, got them to the playoffs. So it's not just quarterback as well. That's why it has to be coaching, too. Uh, Corey on YouTube says, if we don't get, if we don't go at least ten and seven with this easy schedule, we need to start fresh with a new coaching staff. That's exactly how it'll shake out, my friend. Yeah, that's exactly how it'll shake out if the Broncos don't finish plus five hundred. Nine and eight could maybe save Fangio if they play well, but anything less than that, uh, you know, a, a sub five hundred record, he has to be gone. There's no justification for keeping him around. Um. BNS says, at Priest, my confession, my confidence wavered when I saw Peyton pick up another injury-prone right tackle. Hashtag all Pro Bowls, the best LT in the league. I don't know. I don't think – I mean, let me look at this real quick. All right, Bobby Massey, year one, 16 starts. Year two, zero starts, eight games. Year three, 16 starts. Year four, 14 starts. Year five, 15 starts. Year six, 15 starts. Year seven, 16 starts. Uh, year eight, 10 starts. And then last year, only eight starts. I wouldn't quite call that injury prone. It, it, the last two years, there is a little bit of a trend. He missed six games in 19, and he missed half the season last year, Zach. But I would say more injury concern, not quite injury prone. Right. Exactly, yeah. He's um, he, he's not a, a parentally injured player like some of the other players the Broncos signed. And the thing about him last year, doing my research for that story, he could have come off IR. He had a knee injury, but the, uh, the Bears uh, chose not to activate him. So at one point he was healthy, and the implication there, he's fully healed, he's 100%, and we have to hope it was a fluke-type uh, situation last year, and he'll play in all 16 games. He's been dependable otherwise over the course of his career. Jacob says on YouTube, I wish y'all had a YouTube member option. I'm sure it's coming. It is coming. Right now, our member option is on Facebook. But the reason there is not a YouTube member option today is that when we roll it out, we want it to be perfect. We want it to be something that you all feel like represents great value, that it fits within our culture here of, of our community and our brand, MHH, and the Huddle Up podcast and the whole nine yards, all the podcasts. So we're working diligently, carefully, trying to kind of you know plan that out strategically in a way that's going to make the most sense for us and for you know pre- prevent or pro- uh, provide, I should say, the best value for you guys. And while we're on the topic of things coming, you guys might have seen this today on uh, Twitter. We have a new network for the podcast. All right, we're super stoked. We signed with Blue Wire Pods. And so all of the Mile High Huddle podcasts will be coming out on the Blue Wire Network. And we're super stoked 
Zach, a couple of cliff notes like bona fides about blue wire pods. They have gone from zero to 60 very quickly. They went from being a, a, you know, seed brand new venture to really signing and, and hosting some of the biggest podcasts in a lot of different realms, including sports. Um, and then they recently, you know, in the, in the media landscape, it's, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of jargon and stuff, but they, they scared up. I want to say, if I remember right, 5 million bucks in venture capital because they're on the come, they're growing and they're going to use that to invest into infrastructure, great shows. And all this adds up to basically meaning for us, great network that's on the rise, um, better access to advertisers, the whole nine yards. So from a stability and financial viability perspective, we are we couldn't be more stoked, Zach, to to be joining yeah. Blue Wire. Yeah, I was gonna say if you guys listen to other podcasts, there's a good chance it's on Blue Wire, their network. And we had a meeting with them yesterday. Good people there. We're encouraged by what they said, and uh, we're uh, excited and optimistic about taking this to the new level. We think there's a lot of untapped potential for this podcast. And up, 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 we go. All right, let's grab uh, Doug. Been waiting patiently. Appreciate you, Doug. Rocking his let him hate shirt and his profile pick. Hey, hats off, my dog. He says, I got to hop in and out, boys, but wanted to show some love. Thank you, man. Thank you. It all adds up and uh, chips in. Thank you, Doug. Yep. All right. I think real quick, John. Zach, if you want to grab that here from Free Earth, and let me just check a few things on the back end. Yeah, Free Earth jumping in uh, says Massey started 110 of 118 games that he appeared in. Sorry about that. I don't know what you're apologizing for, uh, Free Earth, but that's a good I mean, that's the point that we made. At least he has experience. And that's why it reminds me a lot of DeMar Dotson, that signing last year. Didn't he have like 108 starts to his name or something like that? So it's a very experienced guy. Uh, Fangio knows him well. George Payton watched him twice a year for 10 years. It could be worse at this stage of the offseason. I wanted Dennis Kelly, but Bobby Massey is not a, a bad consolation prize. No, I'm not dissatisfied by the signing. Guys, like when the Broncos signed Jamar, Jamar, uh, Juwan James, because of the size of that deal and some of the buzz about him behind closed doors, that made me nervous. I tried to put on my orange colored glasses. I tried to get behind it. I didn't like that. I didn't like Donald Stevenson. Um, I liked Demar Dotson. That was a that was a solid pickup, and it paid some some dividends for the Broncos. Eight starts, zero sacks relinquished. This one I feel good about. I don't really feel any misgivings that are like worthy of ang- true anxiety. You know, he's going to have to stay healthy. And the silver lining there, Zach, is they signed Ryan Pope. Hopefully, you you see a, a Calvin Anderson maybe take a step yeah. forward if his number gets called. So they got a little bit of depth now. At this point, and Zach, just two weeks ago after the draft, you know, what was it, two days, three days later, whatever it was that Juwan James turned up, you know, with his injury. And we're like, man, there's nothing there besides Garrett Bowles. Now you got some options and you can rest a little easier. Uh, Dante Martinez, what's up, dude? Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Glad to have you in the community. Thank you for the support. He says, I'm excited for the schedule release, but I'm just ready to see minicamp. Really hope. Baron Browning, the rookie third-round linebacker from Ohio State, makes a statement. Indeed, Zach. And rookie minicamp, May 14th. So what is it, Friday? They Mm -hmm. kick that off. So that should be fun for us here. Sunday night when we get to our podcast, we should have plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about. It's going to be cool seeing him out there. And Baron Browning was my favorite pick of this draft class. I mean, what a phenomenal value, phenomenal player. But it might be 
a little bit of training wheels for Browning to start off in the NFL. It might be where he's a strict backup. He can play some specials. They can work him into packages. It's going to be a transition learning a Vic Fangio playbook. So I'm excited about him as well. I think he's the future at, at inside linebacker, but I wouldn't really expect him to make this instant impact statement in rookie minicamp. Just give him some time. All right, let's grab while John's getting a few things queued up here. Let's go ahead and talk about the final slate. So the Broncos get their bye in week 11. It's a late bye. I I, I prefer to have the bye somewhere between six and week eight in a perfect world because you're getting it pretty close to the halfway mark. They're getting it in week 11, which now that you got 18 weeks, I mean, it's pretty close to the halfway mark. So I shouldn't probably shed too many tears there. It's a little different equation now with the additional game on the schedule. But Zach, from there, it's home against the Chargers. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. On the road at the Chiefs, home against the Lions. Man, the Lions keep having to come to Denver lately. Uh, Home against the Bengals. And then the last three games at the Raiders, that's going to be tough. At the Chargers, tough. Home against the Chiefs. So divisional 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 to close out this season which depending on whether or not the broncos you know maybe defy some of the expectations at this point from the national perspective 
And if they set themselves up in the final frame of the season, that could, those three games could be super important relevance-wise to AFC West supremacy. What a weird schedule, though. Three games in a row against NFC East, three games in the end against uh, AFC West opponents. Yeah. I've never seen that before. It's really, really weird. Uh, but this second half, they have to make their hay against teams like the Lions, who are the 17th game added to their schedule, against the Bengals, against the Raiders, uh, the Chargers. They have to really bear down and beat the teams they should beat because by the end of the year, having three straight divisional games, and those always matter for a little more than most, regardless of playoff implications, record, those teams want to beat the Broncos. So they have to be in a good position going into week, what would that be, week 16? Yep. Uh, Let's see. Against the Raiders? Yeah, yeah, 16. And not only that, but from a mathematics perspective, divisional always means more because the only way to guarantee yourself a playoff spot is to win your division. That's the only way to guarantee it. So it's going to come down to that. And, of course, the Chiefs are going to continue to be tough to knock off the AFC West perch there. Uh, let's grab Christian, who's been waiting patiently. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can maybe get to some predictions. Our, your football priest can tender a – Way too early prediction here at the end. We can we can go through it. We're at fifty one minutes, so we got we we, we got to kind of hustle through. Christian, what's up, dude? Appreciate you, dog. He says, "Hey boys, first three games: Giants, Jags, Jets. If Locke can't get us to three and zero, two and one minimum in those games, he's done in Denver. This schedule and our talent can easily get us to the playoffs." Hashtag let them hate. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> If he doesn't win more than he loses in that first frame, he's definitely going to be feeling the pressure. I mean, we've said this before. This is going to be one of those scenarios, Zach, where because you got a coach on the hot seat, two games, two losses in a row, you're probably making a cue change. Probably. It's not a guarantee, but I guess it kind of depends a little bit on the complexion of how those losses shook out. But exactly. Still. Exactly. The implication here is if they go one and two or whatever, that it's all Locke's fault. I mean, what What if the defense blows a game? And what if the coaching blows a game? Those things happened last year. Look at the finale. That wasn't the offense. That was the defense and the coaching. So I don't really agree with the assertion that if they're a certain record after the first three games, they should make a quarterback change. They have to take it a game-by-game basis and judge Locke on those performances and every other factor that goes into it. Shout out to our superstar senders over on Facebook, Randy Jones, Gary Leeds-Palmer, Brad Murdoch, Dave Glassman, Travis Tarbox, the gang's all here. This is our core group of Facebook supporters missing, you know, a few here and there. But still, you guys, every single night, showing us the love. Appreciate you guys more than you know. Um, all right, let me uh, let me see here. 53 minutes. Let me, let me mosey down to Dennis Woods. Appreciate you, bro. Hope you're doing well up there in Michigan. Uh, what's going on with that pipeline up in Michigan that I read about today? Some Some weird stuff going on. Dennis says, I think Zach has said this before. With our defense, what it is, if we can get even average QB play, we should have a playoff-worthy record. To me, the roster is, is, is constructed that well, where they can carry an average quarterback. Not a bad quarterback, not even really a below-average quarterback, but an average quarterback. A guy who throws for 35, 3,600 yards. Trevor Simeon in 2016. I would say he's average. They won eight games with him. I think that's an average quarterback. If they can get that level of play with the running game, the receivers, the defense, there's no question or dispute that they can be a 10-win team. All right, real quick, John. Um, So I'm going to do an update here 
on the back end because Shadow Jack is, <clears throat> excuse me, the last or the the stream just jumped, so that's my closest one that I can grab. So let me tell you who is in between because we don't want to leave any superstar out in the cold. Let me see here. So if I scroll down to Dante, Dennis, we got Michaela. We need Kane. Um, burn the guitarist, Zach, and then and then we're current. So we're only. Let's see. Yeah, that's correct. That's 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 correct. So anyway, all right. Let me. In the meantime, there's one of them. John's got him queued up. Zach, let's see, dude. I want to say real quick. I know we're running low on time here, but let me look at the schedule. I want to say. So Tyler Randall next Wednesday. Zach, the next the the Wednesday following that on the 26th, we get burn the guitarist here on the Huddle Up podcast. It's going to be a gas. We can't wait. He says, "Oof." MetLife Stadium still gives me flashbacks. Indeed, man. Indeed. That was a traumatic experience, Super Bowl 48. Yeah, and also you mentioned, wasn't the, the Jets' victory in 2018, wasn't, was that a Denver or was that a New York? Nope, that was in New York. And and last year, that was, was that, a, I can't remember. Maybe I'm that one was it. also in New York. Okay, so I won it. Okay, so yeah, it's not a it's not a real great favorable um, venue for Denver, but we have to hope that'll change uh, this coming season. Um, all right. So yes, we got, um, shadow Jack. I've got shadow Jack here real quick, John. And then in between we need, uh, real quick, we need Michaela Kane and that's it. And then we're current with where I'm at here. Shadow Jack. What's up, dude. He says, Denver, let's get these dubs. Amen, bro. Amen. It's going to be nice. We need to see some winning. Five unprecedented years of doldrums. Uh, it's time for these football priests to preside over some good times in the Mile High City. Um, Michaela, what's up? The Dutch is in the house. Love you. Appreciate you. She says, first, I'm not sure how much I like the Massey signing. Why are we always falling for injury-prone players? Second, the begging and end of our beginning and end of our schedule is tough, I feel. MHH for MVP. Love you. Appreciate you. We've kind of already addressed the Massey issue, but I, I'm not so worried about that. Zach, your idea, your, her topic, though, of the – I can pull the schedule back up, but the beginning and the end being tough, I don't see the beginning looking tough, but the end could be depending on how the Chargers and the Raiders shape up this year. The beginning is weird, though, because they have a an NFC opponent you know, on the road, then they have two rookie quarterbacks. It, it's just a kind of a weird schedule. But, yeah, I'm not worried about the beginning there. I am kind of worried about the middle – I mean, this the second quarter of the schedule and the end because three divisional games in a row, regardless of who they're against. Then you have the Chiefs in the finale. So let's say you're in a win and in scenario, Chad. If you have to beat the Chiefs to get in, that's not exactly fortuitous. I'm not worried about the Giants, but I am worried about those divisional games and how they stack up in the middle of the year. I mean, you have the Browns, Washington, they're surprisingly solid. The Cowboys, it's going to be just a, a mishmash of opponents. I'm going to try something here. I've never done this. Two share screens at once. What does it do? Okay, it just replaces the other one. Kane, what's up, bro? Appreciate you. Connect on Twitter, all right? <clears throat> I looked for you the other night. Couldn't find you. So if you're on Twitter, even if you're following us already, do one of these in our in our mentions so that we can make sure we're following back and, and shout you out after the show. He says, I love how the Broncos are doing all they can for Locke to succeed, and it really seems all on him this year. I just hope that he can stay healthy all season. Zach, that's going to be a big key. I mean, two years yep. in the league, 
each year a serious injury that caused him to miss time. That's the key. It's, it's the key to the Broncos season because I, I firmly believe and this is I'll die on this hill. That's fine. I believe they can get a lot further with Locke under center than Teddy Bridgewater under center. So they have to hope Locke stays healthy. But on that same token, it's on him as well. There is no excuses anymore for Drew Locke or any other player on this team. So he better be up to snuff this season. Naj, what's going on, brother? Love seeing you. Appreciate the support as always. He says, hey, brothers, every game is winnable and also could be a loss. No one fears the Broncos anymore because of these past five years. This team will fly under the radar and will have the opportunity to prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, this is a team that, you know, basically after coming out of the Vance Joseph era, two years, this team had morphed into, a, you know, if they're ever going to succeed, they're going to be a worst to first type team in terms of the national narrative. But that's one of the reasons why the NFL dominates the sports landscape in terms of fans, TV ratings, all that, because the teams all share in the same money. There's no team that's richer than the other. I mean, in grand scheme of things, some are worth more than others, but they all have the same salary cap. They all get divvied out the same amount of money to pay players and all that stuff. And what that creates is is a more level playing field that allows for parity. Now, parity just simply means things you don't expect to happen, right? In terms of like worst to first, first to worst, things like that, rising and falling in the NFL every year because of how the league is structured. And I think, yes, Naj, the Broncos right now, pun intended, are a dark horse. And if they play their cards right, that can serve them quite well. Naj, I don't have anything to add. I think every word here was said perfectly, and the sentiment is uh, agreeable, in my opinion, 100%. All right, we got Seth Harmon. What's up again, Seth? Thank you, buddy. He says the quarterback play in 2015 wasn't spectacular, and the Broncos still won. Makes me hopeful with the defense this stacked. Look, you're right and you're wrong on that, Seth, because, yes, the Broncos had some quarterback instability that year with Peyton really slowing down, then getting hurt, having to rely on a – what was he then? A fourth-year quarterback with just getting his first starts, and then Peyton, when he did come back, still in decline – but you can't sleep on the Hall of Fame brain between those ears. I mean, if Peyton doesn't come back in week 17 and lead the Broncos to victory over the uh, Chargers in what guaranteed them the number one seed, if you don't get Peyton in that game and you don't get Peyton in the playoffs, I'm sorry, the Broncos don't get to the Super Bowl. So you're right and you're wrong. There's truth to the Broncos found a way to win with average QB play, but they still, Zach, had that ace in the hole in Peyton Manning's experience and Hall of Fame brain. And the allure, just having him on the team, just having him on the bench, just knowing that if you're an opponent, you look across the gridiron, and whether he's starting or not, is Peyton freaking Manning. It was like Brady's last year in New England. Regardless of how he was playing, he's still Tom Brady. So the Broncos don't have that ace anymore, and that was the big key. It was a psychological factor and a psychological advantage for Denver. Sam, again, thanks, buddy. He says, assuming he stays mostly healthy, do you think Kyle Fuller gets like a three-year extension after the season ends? Or do you think he's just going to be a one-year Bronco? Go Drew Lock, Let him hate. Go Broncos. Thank you, buddy. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter, by the way, Sam. It's hard to say. This is tough for me because I think if the timing had been just a little bit different, Kyle Fuller would have got a multi-year deal and Ronald Darby would have got a one-year deal and probably would have signed elsewhere instead. But because they had to pay Darby, not knowing Kyle was going to be made available four days later, 
it shook out that way. So this is dependent on not only how Kyle does, but also Patrick Sertan. Exactly. And I will say, you know, Fuller and Bryce Callahan, two former Bears cornerbacks, are in walk years this coming year. And I, I, whoever is the better ex-Bear, whoever plays well, I believe would get the investment. But there's no guarantee either will be back in, in any case because they have Sertan, they have Ojemudia, they have Sang Bassi, they have some younger players, so they can afford if they want to move on from the veterans uh, next offseason. Carl Bishop, another newer name to Super Chat. Welcome. Carl, make sure you connect on Twitter, my friend. He says, fans need to remember the Broncos went 17 years before they had a winning season and never lost fan support. I can't remember those times, Denver Broncos, or I can remember those times, Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, one of the great things, and you hear Zach say it a lot, I'll say it at times as well, it's true. We we feel like our little niche of community of Broncos fans are the greatest, and you are. But Broncos country at large is one of the – crown jewels of sports fandom in the world because whether the times are tough as far as the product on the field or if they're cruising that stadium is sold out and the fans are constantly obsessed and passionate and talking about Denver Broncos and so yeah dude let's just hope this time Zach you get some fans in the stands yeah and careful Carl you don't want to tell Broncos country how to be fans out there it's not too well received but I agree with the sentiment I agree with with what he's saying here I mean you have to be patient you have to remember the bad times because those times gives you perspective and even though the Broncos haven't been in the playoffs for a half a decade now it's still not the worst stretch run in franchise history so things can always be worse BNS with a super appreciate you where is the beast mode pod Love my priest and beast. Um, That's a cool name for it, though. Beast mode pod. Does Marshawn Lynch have a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want tread. I don't want him knocking on my door. You I'm know? sure it's Skittles related. If he does, but yeah, we got we got things in the works. Trust trust on that. We got things cooking. Um, Dale, what's up, dude? Appreciate you. He goes just showing some support. Congrats on the new deal for MHH. Thank you. Thank you, Dale. Is it September yet? Go Broncos. Dale, let's get you on the show, dude. Reach out to me. Let's schedule a time. It's it's The time has come. The official invite. Let's bring you on. Let's meet you. Let's hear your story, how you became a Broncos fan. It would be a gas. Thank you, Dale. Um, all right. Let me see here. I'm scrolling. It just jumped, John. I think we're pretty well. All right. Corey H., what's up, bro? Good to see Corey H. in the house with us tonight. He says, what game are we all meeting up at? Ooh. Zach, you and I, the last time we discussed this, we said, hey, when the schedule comes out, we're going to pick a game. I'm going to rally my dude, Ray Roybal. All right, shout out to Ray in Denver. And we're going to host a tailgate get-together MHH party for the fans. We're going to do that. We haven't decided yet. I'm, I'm taking a quick look back here at the sketch. All right. Uh, it's probably because we would want to do it not when it's freezing, you know, Manscaped. All right, we don't want to be freezing your Manscaped off. Um, so we're looking like September game, October game. So that's probably either going to be, Zach, Jets, Ravens, week three and four. Maybe Raiders. That might be more apropos uh, in week six. One of those three games is when it's going to be. We don't know yet, but we will let you know soon. 
let's pick a more favorable game. So you know, either the Raiders or the Jets. I'm I'm all down for it though, and uh, we want to do something because, as most of our listeners know, we had a plan last year for the draft and it fell through because of the pandemic. But this year, the restrictions are off, things are opening up, and we are working toward doing something for our community. It's going to be really fun, and stay tuned. All right, I think. John. Oh, all right. We got a Don Moreno. What's up? Another Adon in our community. Love it. Appreciate oh. you. Connect on Twitter, my friend. How's no show? <laughs> yeah, that is that's true, right? That's true. What's up, dude? Hi guys. Is it possible we pick another right tackle to bring in and compete? Is it possible? Yeah. Is it plausible? Nah. It feels like the Broncos are gonna let it kind of chill like this yeah. until and unless they have reason or cause to bring someone else in. And that's not gonna come till training camp at the soonest. So I think this is your penciled in depth chart moving into the summer. And that's Garrett Bowles, Bobby Massey at the top, followed by Calvin Anderson, Ryan Pope, followed by uh, Himmelman, the undrafted rookie, and Quinn Bailey, who was undrafted a couple years back. That's what it's going to be for a while. Yeah, and actually John and I were talking about about this before the podcast, and he was kind of saying the same thing. He said, do you think they're going to sign another tackle? And I said, how many do the Broncos need? I mean, they signed Pope, they have Massey now, they, they have some other guys they like, and I think this is what they're going to go to war with. It came down to Massey versus Dennis Kelly. And I would have went Dennis Kelly, but Massey is the guy they chose to start for Juwan James. I just realized, John, I'm so glad you flashed Shar on the screen because Shar was not only kind enough to listen to the podcast, kind enough to support our merch store, huddleuppod.com, and buy a Let Them Hate shirt, but she also sent us in her selfie and it happened during a peak period in us jumping in some news, a bunch of stuff. And I forgot to get it up. I'm going to get it published on Instagram this week. So look for that. Char appreciate you. Love you. And uh, you look good in that. Let them hate. Let me, let me just tell you, you, you rock MHH gear. You look good. Thank you, Shar. And 123 days until game. It's wild how fast it, it pops up. And soon enough, it'll be 12 days until game day. It's going to go fast, guys. I'm excited. Casey Nickel, I think this is our last one, John. Um, no? Okay. We got a couple, a couple, one or two more. Casey, your mug should be coming to you anytime, dude. You should be seeing that maybe as soon as end of this week, maybe latest first of next week. So look for that and send us a, a selfie when you get it. Appreciate you, bro. Yo, yo, says Casey. Hope y'all are having a great day. Go Broncos. Hey, man, thank you for the support. Appreciate you, Casey. We got Chi-Town's number one Broncos fan, Scott F., in the house. What's up, Scott? Great to have you back with us. It's uh, been a minute since I've seen you on Super Chat, but appreciate you, bro. He says, I'll be there for that. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be there for that from Chicago. Let's do this. Go Broncos. Talking about a meetup. So you're going you're to come to the meetup once we announce? We want to see as many of you there as possible. Yes. We want to take over. Uh, what is it now? Empower Field at Mile High. We want to take over the parking lot. We want to take over the tailgate and make it an MHH tentpole day, literally. Can we get a head count? How many people you think are going to show up? Raise your hand out there. We want to know. We want to get a, just a rough outline because we're excited, Chad. We want to meet as much as of our fan base as we can, as much as Broncos country, as, as I can actually. You know, doing this for so long, you and I both, we want to put faces to the names and kind of give our appreciation in real, real life, in person, yeah, to in our person. supporters. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons why we started inviting fans onto the show. Um, but it, it's true, man. Having had the the pleasure of meeting even Albert Knoppers and his great wife Michelle, 
uh, last week. It's just a really fun, cool experience uh, for both sides, for us and for our community. So, Sam, again, thanks, bro. One last super. And then he says, I think best case, we go 20-0 and <laughs> and win the Super Bowl. Worst case, we go 0-17, get the number one overall pick. I'll bet it's somewhere in between. Go Broncos. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I love your outlook, too. Sam. <laughs> I'll take that bet. Yeah, All right. win-win. Zach, let's satisfy the craving. All right, they want to hear our thoughts. I'm going to go th- – we'll go through each one. And, John, if you can, just do it like in the private chat. Tally our predictions if you can. All right, I'll try and tally, keep a tally in my head as we go. But let's, let's, let's do it. Now, here's our disclaimer. This is – we told you this last year. We're going to tell you again. This is our way-too-early prediction. We reserve the right after training camp when we actually do a whole podcast that's centered around our schedule prediction. Here's how we see this thing unfolding. Once we see how the team the team shapes up in camp, you know what injuries affect what depth charts, what competitions resolve at different positions. That's when we're really going to know and feel confident to give you a bold prediction, schedule by or game by game on the schedule. But for now, let's just go through this, Zach. All right, Broncos on the road, opening up. They've lost their last two home openers. Does the streak end this year against the Giants? They win this game. I think they get at least three picks off Daniel Jones. I think it's a pretty fairly dominant defensive game for Denver. Agreed. So so far we're both one and zero. Jaguars. I'm taking the Broncos in this one as well. Two and zero. Home against the Jets because it's at home. I'm going to take the Broncos here. I'm going to predict three and zero. Same. Okay. This three. is the way too early. This is three and one coming up though. I'm predicting a loss against the Ravens even at home. So we're at three and one on the road of the Steelers. Loss. I'll, I'll predict. What's your thought? I'm with you on that, and I have the Raiders as a victory. All right, so three and two. Zach's saying four and two at home against the Raiders. If you're if you're three and two going again into that game, I'll I'll say yes. You got some momentum. I'll take that too. So four and two. We both are at four and two on the road the next week. Mm. Browns short turnaround. Four days Thursday night football loss. Loss against the Browns. Tough. Right, this is tough. It's a playoff team, but I'm not quite confident enough in this team to consider them much of a, you know, incumbent threat. You know, like a carryover, like at the Steelers or the Ravens from last. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll diverge with you from you here. So you got four and three. I'm gonna say five and two. They beat the Browns. All right. Washington football team is a home game. What Win. do you got? Win. All right. So that's. Five and three, I take it as a win too. See, I'm already, I'm already lost. What am I, John? Six and two, six and two. I think, right? Man, that would be the dream. I'm probably, you know, there's going to be some, there's going to be some uh, parody in this, but nevertheless, all right. Six and two, five and three, Cowboys uh, on the road. You go first. I'm taking this one as a loss because I think Dak's going to come back yeah. and things are going to kind of right. The, the ship will get righted. So I'll take this. So that would make me. Six and three. I'm glad you said it, Chad. I agree. So six and three, five and four. Then the then the Eagles at home. Win. All right, I'll take that as a win. Nine and three. Win. Six and six and four. Chargers at home. Win. I'll take that one too. Ten and three. Uh, ten and three. Nine and four. Chiefs. I'm taking that as a loss. Is that at Kansas City? I can't see. At at KC. Yeah, sorry. loss. All right. So what is that? Ten and four. 
you're then nine and five. Lions, I'm going to circle that as a win. So that's 11 and four. So the Broncos at this point, man, we might be a little bullish, but still 11 and four. So for you, 10 and five, right? Yep. Bengals at home the next week. Win. All right. So that's 12 and four, 11 and five. I take it as a win too. On the road at the Raiders, I'm going to say that's a loss. Same. Split. All right. So 11 and five. 10 and 6 at the Chargers. I have them splitting, so. Oh, wait. I, I screwed up the math. See, this was my problem. And John, and John, John probably. Uh, <laughs> Poor John. Hope, hopefully, John's got a tally on this, but uh, let's, just, let's just finish it. So I see Raiders game. That's a loss. I think the Broncos could win this one. This is a coin toss, the Charger game, because you don't fear playing in LA. You just don't. So that just comes down to the matchups. Do the Chargers take a step forward this year? Do the Broncos? This is late in the year. I'm, I'll take uh, I'll take a win here. I think the Broncos get their revenge on on Justin Herbert by sweeping him in year two. Hey, I have him splitting, so I'm going to take the L for this game. And then the Chiefs, until proven otherwise, I got to put it as a loss. So either way you cut it, Zach. Well, what's your what's your prediction? I agree. All right, so either way you cut it, we're both kind of angling at the low double digits here. All right, we're not mathematicians, yep. and our and it's hard to remember this when we once we start diverging. So low double digits, and Zach, we'll see how much that seventeenth game on the schedule affects the the playoff arithmetic. But that's probably a wild card team. Yeah, I, I can easily see ten and seven, eleven, and I can't get used to this eleven know, and six. So hard. Um, it, it very well could be that I don't think they're going to go like we 13 and four or 14 and three. I do think with some luck and some good quarterback play and coaching, they can get to 10 or 11 wins easy. All right, guys, we got to dip on out of here. Thanks so much to each and every one of you for spending some time with us here tonight. A mile high salute to our super chat superstars and our Facebook super supporters. Love you guys. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night though, Thursday night. Mile High Mailbag will be as democratic as time will allow to get into as many questions from all the different platforms as we can. And until then, Zach, I'll go through and, and give you the the uh, banners, but sign us out of here, bro. Yes, uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. Chad, have a great rest of your night. John as well down there. We appreciate you guys. Uh, follow the Huddle Up Pod at Huddle Up Pod, the mothership account, also at Mile High Huddle. Follow my partner on the screen, Chad and Jensen on Twitter. You can follow me at Kelberman NFL. Uh, and our producer, of course, at John K M H H Buana Beast. Uh, be sure to go to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a hoodie, a hat. As you can see, Chad and I are both rocking them. If you can, we would very much appreciate that. If not, it's all good, though. We just ask you to do these three things. They help us out more than you know, more than we can tell you. Subscribe, like, and share. It's crucial, 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 and we appreciate each and every one. But, Chad, with that, We'll be back tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag, our favorite podcast of the week. Hopefully more Broncos news to go over. Uh, Take care, guys. And as always, until then, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put Joe Sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.